Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast wellness spot, where we focus on health and wellness and how you can reclaim your health and life today. You're in the right place if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you've been helping so many others. It's time to help yourself. In a time when health and wellness can be so confusing, I'll share my knowledge as a nurse and 20 years in wellness and help you navigate through. You will hear stories of people who have used the Shackley products, including me, as they have truly been a game changer for health. And I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to pay attention to your health and how making a smart plan with natural choices can help you live your best life today. Hello, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski. And I felt like uh, today, because this is Eating Disorder Awareness Week, and I think that there needs to be a lot more awareness, I wanted to come today on this Wellness Wednesday and share about just some eating disorder facts. And a couple of moms have talked with me recently about, or asked me recently about kind of the signs and symptoms or what should they look for if they, you know, if they feel like that maybe something's going on with their daughter or their son. And so I thought today I would just bring awareness to that. And um, because it's so prevalent, it's more prevalent than people know. And um, so if you've listened to my podcast for a while, we're almost um, a year into this, which I'm super excited and I'm super excited and honored that you come back and listen you know, I had an eating disorder in college, and I have said many times that I felt like maybe it wasn't worth it to share because it was kind of a little eating disorder. And, you know, compared to some of these other stories that I share with you here on the podcast, or my daughter's struggle for six years, but the fact is disordered eating, eating disorders are eating disorders. It doesn't matter if it's big or small or life, you know, they're all life-threatening because it's because they are. And, um, and so I do share that because I know that in college, when I went away, um, I had a wonderful upbringing, but um, I wasn't really taught, I didn't have that self-confidence and that, you know, that self-confidence basically when I went away to school, as I started to deal with kind of the struggles of academics and friends and boyfriends and all of these things, I felt really kind of alone and wasn't really sure how to make some of those decisions. And although I had a great relationship with my parents, I didn't feel like I could talk with them about some of those things. And so, again, many times eating disorders happen because people feel out of control um, in different areas of their life and they feel like they want to grab hold of something and they grab hold of their eating or their lack of eating or things like that. And that's what I did. I started to restrict my eating. I started to just not eat much at my meals and, um, and I lost weight and I, you know, was in a, a place of a lot of stress and a lot of hurt and a lot of feeling alone. And by the grace of God and the fr- lots of my friends who encouraged me to get some help and go talk to somebody, I was able to talk with people and I was able to feel more confident. And I believe as my life went on, as I graduated from college, I got a job as a nurse worked in nursing, then moved on to medical sales and lived on my own, you know, my life started to feel better, feel more in control. And those symptoms, if you will, or those, I guess, you know, prompts that I had, if you will, um, triggers, people may call them to restrict or to do things that 
weren't supportive of my health, they just kind of, you know, they slowly went away. I did have some counseling. Um, I got involved in a church um, and I just kind of made my way through my twenties and again, got, got out of that. And I, as I've shared too, it's not something that's, you know, those, those feelings and those thoughts don't go away forever. So I've had some struggles along the way, but that's really was the start of my story. And I encourage you, if you haven't uh, listened to my podcast, uh, my letter to Ed, my letter to my daughter's eating disorder, um, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. Um, I wrote that a couple of years into our journey with our daughter. And um, I really, you know, I wrote it and then I wanted to read it here. And I really share it from my heart, my feelings and frustrations and fears when an eating disorder takes over somebody that you care about so much, which was my daughter. And um, she continues to work on recovery. And I'm going to hold space for her to tell her story later on in her life. But for the meantime, I want to just share some facts about eating disorders, which I think are really super important for you to know about, again, just to increase awareness, because I think when we know better, we do better. Um, If it's making a certain comment or not making a certain comment or just um, supporting those that have those around them that are struggling. But, you know, eating disorders are serious. They are life-threatening, life-threatening mental health conditions. And they're basically characterized by consistent disruption to our normal eating pattern, um, eating behaviors that they'll lead. And because of that, it leads to problems with your physical health, your psychological health, mental health, and things like that. And there's different you know, types of them. Some of them you may be familiar with, some of you, them you may not. But you know, anorexia is when people restrict the type of food that they're eating. And oftentimes you see a real significant weight loss and real difficulty maintaining an appropriate you know, weight level, if you will, with that restrictive type of eating disorder. Now there's also something called avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. People call that ARFID. It occurs when people restrict certain types of food that are eaten, eaten, you know, but it doesn't always make having, you know, just stressful impact on their body shape or their weight or their size. They just have, you know, certain fears around certain types of foods and eating, eating certain things. They may have sensory issues, you know, that it tastes, it, you know, when it tastes a certain way, when it smells a certain way, there's a certain texture they're really um, afraid of that. And I don't know if you've ever been sick, like thrown up basically, not by your choosing, but because you had food poisoning and, you know, it was on, say for instance, it was on crab cakes. And then you had so much, like it was so long that you couldn't eat crab cakes again because you related it to that throwing up. It's kind of like that in that, again, the people are really afraid and they restrict and avoid certain foods Uh, There is binge eating disorder. You probably know about that. And it involves, you know, eating a very large amount of food more than normal within a really short period of time. And then, you know, during that time, there's a just kind of a loss of control during that binge time. And then they often feel like they're um, out of control and uncomfortably full. And then they, you know, are ashamed of how much they're eating. And a lot of times they... Well, that can, I mean, there can be just regular binge eating, but then there can be bulimia where it's, you know, a binge eating, but then because they are so guilty or, you know, struck by their out of controlness, if you will, and eating that much, then they self-induce, you know, they, they vomit 
Um, they take laxatives, diuretics, and things like that. They may have exercise. They, you know, they may exercise excessively to to kind of get rid of that. There's also something called orthorexia, and um, many people don't know about this, but it's really a person that's really preoccupied with eating the healthiest food possible in the healthiest manner possible. You know, they'll just eat a very limited range of food that, in the end, doesn't sufficiently meet their nutrition, you know, nutrient needs. And then there's just, you know, unspecified eating disorders, which basically it's not, you know, there's just different uh, behaviors, if you will, that dis- that are disruptive to their normal eating pattern. And um, it just doesn't, you know, necessarily meet those criteria or those other ones. And, you know, again, this is a life-threatening mental health illness. At least 30 million Americans of all ages and genders suffer from eating disorders. And eating disorders, if you didn't know, has one of the highest mortality rates of any mental illness. Listen to that. The highest mortality rates of any mental illness. And eating disorders affect all races and ethnic groups. 20 to 30% of those with eating disorders are males. So many people think that it's only women. And the majority of people diagnosed with eating disorders are between the age of 12 and 26. Although, as you've heard on this podcast, there are many that have um, eating disorders that last longer than that. Again, a lot of those people that I've interviewed, it did start during this age range. But 13% of women over 50 engage in eating disorder behaviors. We can call it disordered eating. We can call it eating eating disorder behaviors. I mean, the fact of the matter is so many women, even men, have disordered eating. And I think it's just truly, really, again, I'm here to just bring awareness and not bring shame or anything, but just bring awareness to this awful, deadly, insidious disorder. Um, And so what do we look for? You know, what are some of the eating disorder symptoms? You may, you may think you know them based on, again, the kind of the diagnosis of the different types, but they can vary by person and age and type of eating disorder that someone has. But there are some commonalities there. I mean, there's a preoccupation with your weight or your body shape for sure. Um, You feel like you need to check your appearance of your body pretty often during the day. Perhaps you feel like you need to weigh yourself. Um, I did a wonderful podcast that'll be coming out soon about somebody that broke up with their scale and realized that they were addicted to their scale and weighing themselves all the time. You know, just being continuously, consistently anxious about eating foods or drinking different liquids, frequently avoiding eating because they don't like, you know, you don't like the smell, the taste, the texture of the food. um, There is that intentionally making yourself vomit or exercise excessively to prevent gaining weight. This is a disorder that happens a lot in secret. And so there's a lot of, you know, I tell other moms that if you feel like your child is secluding themselves more often than not, um, Take a look at that and maybe initiate that conversation and things like that, because this happens in silence and secret so often. Um, people find buckets of vomit. People find wrappers from pills and things like that, like after the fact, and they had no idea that things you know, were going on. You know, Many people will feel out of control over the amount of food that they've eaten, eaten one or two times a week. Again, they, they avoid certain foods due to you know, fear that something bad could happen if they eat it. 
you know, they might feel disgusted or anxious when they look at their body and they, they just don't want to look at their body. They want to take the mirror out of their room and things like that. And I find that sometimes it's the preoccupation with, again, eating really healthily. Many times that happens that way because they're like, well, I just want to make some changes and eat a little bit more healthy and exercise a little bit more. And albeit that's not necessarily a bad idea because I think we could all learn to eat a little bit differently and add more good things into our, our lives. But this is something that, that, that just becomes abnormal and obsessive and things like that. And people say like, what causes it? People have asked me that, um, as I shared just earlier in, in this recording, people have asked that about my daughter. And um, again, I'm not here to share all of that, but I do know that it's a combination of biological you know, physiological, environmental factors that really contribute to eating disorders developing in a certain person. And again, it, it touches all different socioeconomic and ethnic backgrounds and all different ages. It just becomes younger and younger these days. That's what I see on these support groups that I'm part of. Younger and younger children are struggling. You know, many people that are diagnosed later in their life, it does, you know, come out that they started earlier, but they didn't seek treatment or treatment wasn't available. And again, I'm here to tell you that recovery is possible and there is treatment. And if you feel like, even if you're listening to this and you feel like you have some issues around eating and you don't like it, and it's something that you feel like you can't share, or you have somebody around you that's struggling. I just, my biggest recommendation is to seek help find somebody to talk to. And maybe it's not a therapist right away because you're afraid of that, but perhaps it's somebody from your church. Perhaps it's a good friend that you can talk with. You know, don't be afraid to talk about it because again, don't be ashamed. Uh, We all have issues, if you will. And um, this is something that is definitely curable, if you will. It's something that's treatable. It's something that there is a there are a lot of resources out there to help you if you have happen to have some type of eating disorder or disordered eating. There is definitely help. And I encourage you to get that help. And if you're sitting in a space like me, who you're a mom or a dad or a sibling or a friend of somebody that you think is struggling or you know is struggling, Again, the first step is to, you know, try to approach them and come from a place of love and say, you know what, are you okay? And let's get you some help. Um, Or here, I'm here to listen. But if you're somebody that has somebody that has an active eating disorder and perhaps they're in treatment right now or they're living in your home and they have, you know, outpatient treatment, what I can tell you is to get help for yourself. I have learned that the hard way, that stress plays a major impact on our health. And my health started to decline, and I was having some anxiety and issues sleeping. I had some menopausal issues that just continued to get stronger and stronger. And when I learned more about how to take care of myself and put myself first, I started to feel better. And it was, you know, I had to work through that guilt of like, oh, I'm not there all the time and my daughter needs me and my kids need me and my business needs me. Well, the fact of the matter is I needed me. (laughs) I needed myself and I need myself every day to take care of myself, to show up for me. And when I do that and give that attention to myself and we've heard it before, right? We fill our cup up. We put our oxygen mask on first. When I do that, I show up differently, 
for my kids, for my business, for my life, for myself. And albeit we don't have control over what other people are doing and the choices that they make, but what do we have control over? We have control over what we can do. And so that's really the message in the end of this is that you need to take care of yourself and you got to put yourself first. I'm the first burner of the stove, if you will. You have to put yourself first. And I encourage you to do that. And again, I've shared this many times in this podcast with different interviews. I had a hard time asking for help. Many people with eating disorders and, you know, disordered eating and things like that, they have a hard time asking for help. I had a hard time asking for help just with myself in the last, you know, five, 10 years, realizing that, you know, I felt like if I had to ask for help, then that means I was less than. And it's, it's not that way. I mean, it means that we need a little bit of help. Like I need a little bit of support and, you know, support and help can look like things like, Hey, do you want to go for a walk? Hey, you want to grab some dinner? Um, Can I get on the phone with you and talk to you about this stuff? Or by the way, family, I'm going to take a bath and uh, please nobody bother me because I'm going to be in there for a half an hour. And I don't want to, you know, unless you're bleeding or dying, you know, please don't bother me (laughs) type of thing. It's about, it's not just about, Oh, it's a crisis. It's about, setting those boundaries, showing people, other people, how you want to be treated and taking care of yourself. So, you know, I just wanted to make this real brief today, but share that information with you about eating disorders so that you are aware, but that you are aware of the fact that take care of yourself. If you're listening to this and you are struggling with disordered eating, or you feel like you're out of control and you need some help, then find some help You, you can Google different organizations, the Alliance for um, Eating Disorders. Um, there are just, there's hotlines. There are places that you can you can call that can give you some help. There are resources online. There are resources all over the place. So don't be afraid to ask for help. And again, if you're somebody that it just feels like it's hard for you to go on because you have those around you that are struggling, take care of yourself you know, sit in meditation, go back and listen to my podcast about my morning routine, start your day with meditation and prayer and journaling. And um, maybe it's just a, a minute. And maybe it's just a little bit of time, but start that way to give yourself the love that you deserve. And I'm here to tell you that you'll start to feel better, you'll start to feel like you're more in control of your life. And, um, and it's and things continue to get better. And know that again, this is an awful insidious disorder. This these eating disorders. If I could take it away from my daughter, I would in a second. You know that. Um, but when she's ready to really continue, you know, on with her recovery and step fully into that, then she's ready. And it doesn't matter what I say or do. I just need to show up and love her. But really start by loving myself first. So. Those are my tips for today on Eating Disorder Awareness Week and Wellness Wednesday. If you need some help, if you want somebody to talk to, I'm here too. Please reach out to me. Um, You can see how to get a hold of me on the show notes. And I really hope that you do reach out because I'm here to help those. That's a big reason why I started this podcast is to show that there is hope. You're not alone. And uh, we need to be in this together. So have a great day, everybody. Come back and listen. I've got some great, I got a great episode coming up on Friday um, for somebody that's recovered from an eating disorder too. So again, thanks for listening. Please reach out if you want to chat. I love to connect. As you know, if you listen to my podcast, I love to connect with others. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I hope that you have a great, wonderful day. Thanks for listening. 
If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know, as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.